Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only two twins that take the firm stance that if you ever pick pork souvlaki instead of chicken souvlaki, you are making the correct choice, and that chicken is never the answer. Never. Look, look. Not a lot of people know Tuvlaki. Sometimes you gotta see shish kebab, right? We're talking about shish kebab here. We're we're Greeks, and shish kebab or souvlaki is dear to our hearts. And pork is the answer always. Or lamb. Or, or, chicken yeah. is a American-made blasphemy. No, chicken is also great. It's just pork is so much better that it's not even close. Well, either way, speaking of good and great, today we are going to um, talk about some players that we would buy their stock or um, not buy their stock. As the phone rings, we will get started. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins. Feeling okay, feeling alright, feeling okay. I've been up high, I've been all the way. So today we are going to get up to some stocks and, you know, right now a lot of fantasy drafts are going down and a lot of mock drafts, especially from the people who know what they're talking about, right? Usually when people are mock drafting on June 19th, it's because they have a love for the game and they think they have some, you know, they think they have some inside scoop on people. So you're getting a good idea of where people are going to go and ADPs have been rising. ADPs have been falling. We've each picked three people and like kind of like stocks, you know, you want to buy them low so they raise or you want to sell them high. Uh, so we're going to try and do that. So there are guys who are going up in ADP, guys who are going down in ADP. We are going to say whether we would buy that stock or not. Um, before we get started, just want to remind you guys to follow us on Twitter at Brodo Fantasy. Go to our website, brotoff.com. The, there will be uh, lots and lots of rankings coming out soon. This is also our last episode that we're recording over the phone. I know that it doesn't, it's not the greatest sound quality compared to what we usually do, but uh, this is our last one. And then next week, coming to you live and direct from the studio, which is being uh, a little under construction right now. Uh, with that being said, though, let's start off with Michael because Michael was, um, Michael was very adamant about his pick. So let's see. That's Michael, who's your first guy that you are buying or selling stock on? All right. So the first guy is someone I have touched on in a bunch of our, well, not a bunch of, we've done two or three mock drafts so far. In almost all the mock drafts, I've touched on this guy because I think his ADP is pretty nuts. It's uh, Keenan Allen of the Los Angeles Chargers. Look, people act like Keenan Allen's, he's 27 years old. Folks, that's right. I'm going right back to folks. He's 27 years old and people act like he's this like they're treating him as if he's not this stud receiver just because he's been in the league a long time. And yes, he's dealt with injuries a couple times, but one of them was a fluke injury that like it was the one that missed the whole season. I, I'm just completely blanking on what the injury was, but it was a very fluky injury. It's not a repeating injury. And then one other year he missed eight games. But other than that, in the three of the four seasons when he was healthy, he had over a thousand yards in all of those seasons. And the year where he missed half the year, he was on pace to put up over 1,400 yards and tally his career high of eight touchdowns. He's perennially one of the most consistent fantasy players in the league. He averages over 100 catch. He he has averaged 100 catches per season over the last two seasons. This he's a basically a lock for 95 receptions, 1,100 yards, and at least five touchdowns. And that would be disappointing with the uh, departure of Tyra Williams, which may open up a bit of a larger 
route tree for Keenan Allen. His yards per reception did drop by a yard and a half from 2017 to 2018, so there is room to improve there. Also, Hunter Henry is back to have a legitimate threat in the middle of the field, not like Antonio Gates and others who just were not a threat at all. Uh, so now when K.A. is in the slot and Hunter Henry's in the middle of the field, he'll have more room, he'll have more room to operate. And everyone's on the Mike Williams explosion bandwagon. When I'm here saying Keenan Allen's just going to do what he does every year, and with a slight uptick, you'll get an absolute steal at ADP of 29, which is the early third round. And I can easily see him going over 100 receptions with 1,400 yards and matching his career high total of eight touchdowns. I don't honestly, I don't understand how Keenan Allen has dropped as far as he has to the beginning of the third round. This is a guy who you're talking about, even when he was coming back from injury, was getting drafted in the second round because everyone knows that he's Philip Rivers' favorite target. That is common knowledge at this point. Um, if you don't know that, then hey, that's why the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is here. He's Philip Rivers' favorite target. He says it openly. He makes it clear with his his uh, targets on the field. And Keenan Allen has done nothing to slow down whatsoever. So, yeah, he just kind of has fallen from middle second round to early third round just because a bunch of people are on the bandwagon of others. And you see this every year. There's always a guy like that that slips down and all of a sudden becomes a stud. And I think that Keenan Allen in that third round definitely has the ability to do that. It's also because of the the rise of the running backs this season as well. But I, people might call me crazy. I'd be perfectly fine taking Keenan Allen over Joe Mixon. I, I mean, our dislike for Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon is... Uh, I'd, be okay, I'd be okay taking him over Dalvin Cook as well. Both those guys are complete risks that people are just expecting huge fantasy seasons from. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but people are drafting at their ceiling value, which is never a good idea. Jason, uh, who you got? So I wanted to go with people that aren't so obvious, uh, talking about like at least third round. So I just want to give an honorable mention to OBJ. I think he's going too low, even in the second round. Uh, he should obviously be at least a high second round pick. There's nothing. Man, him and Mayfield is going to be a sick combo. Everything he's done in his career, all the amazing numbers he's put up, has been with a bad quarterback. So just let that soak in, people, and believe in OBJ. But the person I'm going to go with, someone I'm higher on, right now than the rest of the world relative to the other running backs out there is Leonard Fournette. And this is someone that I never, um, yeah, it's really surprising to hear him, that name come out of your mouth. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Last season, you know, uh, we're all talking about, we don't want Mixon. We were doing the same thing with Fournette last year. We're not taking that risk at the end of the first round, but that's the thing. He was being drafted at the end of the first round and that's the pedigree he brings with him. That's the potential he brings with him. A first-round potential, and now you're getting him in the third round. So when you're dealing with injury histories, the first round, you want to be, you might not want to take that risk, but in the third round, it seems like a no-brainer. Last season, who was being taken at the turn, the 11-12 turn? Some teams were getting Fournette and Dalvin Cook back-to-back at the 11, at the 12 and 13th picks in the draft. Both of them got injured last season. Both of them didn't put up the overall stats that you'd like to see because they were injured. Fast forward to this year, Dalvin Cook is being drafted nearly in the same spot, definitely in the second round, and Fournette's dropping into the third every time. So I'm all over Leonard Fournette in the third round. Nick Foles has already talked about his catching abilities and the way that he wants to use him on the field, and I'm, I mean, you have to love that as a fantasy player. He has a 78% catch rate in his career. Last season, he was up to 84.6%. So 
he's been able to do well when given opportunities. It's just that the opportunities have lacked in the past. So if Nick Foles is going to pass to the running back more, and if Jacksonville is going to feed Fournette like they always have, they're not going to just – they might tone it down a little bit, but he's their running back, right? They don't have – Ryan Grant's not going to come in and run the ball. So I'm taking Fournette in the third round every day and Tuesday and Wednesday and every day of the week. Yeah, I'm with you, Jay, because uh, Leonard Fournette, I even saw him going as high as fourth overall last season with uh, in FFPC drafts, and we were all aboard the don't draft Leonard Fournette trade because of the injury risk. And now third, but he was a running back one when he was on the field, and now the third round is a time to take that risk. So, And Raquel Armstead they drafted. I, I don't know why that's bothering some people. It's never bad to add a running back behind an injury-prone running back. I don't think he's going to steal work. From Leonard Fournette, but yeah, I think he's a solid pick there too. Yeah, I mean, also you guys didn't even mention that Nick Foles now opens the offense up a bit. So not only is via past performances and via the past is he going to be a value at the number three pick, he's going to be even more of a value now. Not the number three, the third round, excuse me, because he has a offense that's more wide open. Um, one offense that's way too wide open. I'm going to go with our first sell. I'm selling Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard, both Eagles starting, in quotation, running backs. Right now, both are being drafted as RB3s. Um, Look, two years in a row now with the Eagles, five different players has gotten at least 50 touches. That's five different players as, as running backs got 50 touches. Put that in your head for a second. That is an unpredictable backfield. On top of that, no one had more than 124 touches last season. Five different players scored rushing TDs two years in a row. So in 2017, it was five players. In 2018, it was five players. And the TD high for an individual player was only four touchdowns last season. I mean, I'm sorry, in those two seasons combined. Doug Peterson has shown that you can't count on a running back to be a workhorse in a Doug Peterson system. Um, even three years ago, it was kind of the same deal, even though Ryan Matthews got most of the work, a little bit more in most of the touchdowns, it was still a pretty split even. And right now, those guys are being drafted as RB3s who will either be your starting flex or your first RB off the bench. And I just think that this is the way people lose. And I, the guy that I don't want off my bench is a guy that might be average, when I start him, I'm not trying to get that guy. I'm either trying to get a consistent person that I could plug in wherever I need to. And I know he'll give me consistency or I'm trying to get a boomer bust guy. I'm trying to get a Traquan Smith kind of if he gets the looks or if he's at home, he's going to go crazy. And when people settle for middle round guys like Miles San- Sanders and Jordan Howard, where if on their best day, they get the, you know, the slight workload in a crowded Philadelphia backfield, their best outputs are probably somewhere under a thousand yards and somewhere under five touchdowns. And for a season total on a whole, that's not good on a game to game basis. That's unpredictable. So I don't want anything to do with these Eagle running backs. And and they're the first ones that I'm going to sell on because especially Miles Sanders, I see him climbing, climbing, climbing off draft up draft boards. And I just don't understand it when you have, when they traded for Jordan Howard, uh, yes, they drafted Miles Sanders with high draft capital, but they also have Wendell Smallwood. They also have Corey Clement. So these guys are there. There's four guys there. No one ever knows what's going on with Darren Sproles. Is he Josh Adams. Corner? 
Josh Adams is there. I almost forgot about Josh Adams. Darren Sproles, you don't know what he's doing. Uh, last I heard, he's retiring, but you never know. Donnell Pumphrey. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, there's names in that backfield, and it's just it's too much for me to want to get into. So I am definitely staying away from that Eagles backfield. I'm I'm also shocked at the fact that people are just kind of taking this injury and the fact that he's not participating with the team. People are taking it as a good thing, as as though his value is going to drop and you could draft him later. When a rookie missing this much time, just trying to get acclimated with the team and learning the offense, it's not great to miss this time, especially when this offense is already known for spreading the ball around and got Jordan Howard, who, yes, he's a boring player. Yes, he can't catch. But he's a good running back who has produced when given the opportunity for other teams. He kind of uh, takes that. Jay, he kind of takes that JHI role that JHI had last year. Yeah, I can see I, I that. Believe. Look, yeah. Miles Sanders, like you said, I think he could have like a a second half be a lot more effective if he separates himself. But what what are their ADPs? I don't know if you said their exact ADPs, but I'm uh, not drafting them at ADP. They're both going RB uh, as RB threes. I think one of them is going as uh, RB thirty four, and one of them is going as RB thirty seven. Gotcha. You know, look at this. I agreed with both of your takes to start. I don't like this one. This bit. is very rare. Um, Michael, who's who's another guy that you got on your list? Another guy, since I did a buy for Keenan Allen, I'm going to go with a sell here. And this is probably my biggest sell. Someone of all the leagues I do, I wouldn't be surprised if I own zero shares unless the ADP drops drastically. It's Sony Michelle of the New England Patriots. His ADP right now, this is from Fantasy Pros, which aggregates uh, multiple sites, ESPN, Yahoo, a whole bunch of other sites all together. So it's pretty reliable source. There's an ADP of 39, which is early third round. I've seen him going in the fourth round more recently, but even that's too high for my liking. Look, we're talking about a guy who has degenerative knees, has missed games basically every single year of his football life going back to college. He's out right now while Damian Harris is there stealing shine, getting a bunch of praise as a third-round pick. He's on the Patriots who always uh, spread the load. And he has no role in the passing game. So I don't see how you could possibly take Sonny Michelle with a late third, early fourth round pick. He was also ridiculously inconsistent last season. Uh, if you want to learn more about consistency, the Bob Long consistency guide code Roto for 25% off, cheap plug. But look, he was super dependent on game script as well. He had four games over 100 rushing yards last season, right? Five games of 50 or less. So super hit or miss. In the games with 100 yards rushing or more, he scored five of his six touchdowns. The other touch, the other game he scored a touchdown is when he had 98 yards rushing. So every single game where he had 98 or more rushing yards, he had a touchdown. In every other game, he did not score a touchdown. And in five of them, he had 50 yards or less. So we are talking about five games where he was a stud. And every other game, besides the games where he was out with injury, where he was an absolute dud in your lineup. And on the season, he had seven receptions total for 50 yards on the season. He ain't catching no balls. Yes, James White is still there. Rex Burkhead's still there. Now they have Damian Harris. And yes, Sony Michelle's going to have great games. But based on the game script is where you're going to have these huge games. And look, of, I said he had five 98 or more rushing yard games last season. Four of those games were double-digit victories. And the other game was a 43-40 to victory against the Chiefs, which is a complete shootout. So unless the you expect the Patriots to go 14 and 2 and win half their games by double digits, projecting Sony Michelle to be a top 20 running back is not a recipe for success. And I mean, look, 
it's it's a tale as well as time as well. Patriots running backs. It's their game script dependent. That's how it is. What? Said it's a tale as old as time, bro. They they are running back. They're dependent on game script. Sony Michelle will play in the games where Bill Belichick decides we have to run the ball down this guy's throat. In games where they decide they have to be more finesse, James White will get the ball. You never know what's going on um, in these games. And usually whatever the analysts say and whatever we think, Bill Belichick has another plan. So, uh, you know, it's it's going to be hard to count on a guy like Sony Michelle that early. I agree with you too, Michael. I'm not buying him at that price. Last year in the seventh round when I got him, I loved it. But in the third round, no thank you. Uh, Jason, what's another guy that you have on your list? I'll go sell now as well since we're uh, on a sell streak. I'm looking at someone in the back end wide receiver twos. I'm looking at, I think his ADP is somewhere around 20, I don't know, two to six right now or something like that. DJ Moore, not getting it, not understanding any part of it. I think Let's, the Curtis Samuel hype First of all, I think that, Curtis, that out the, bit, Camus, the Curtis Samuel hype train, also super dumb. I don't know what people think he's going to be. I don't know why you hate Curtis Samuel. He was very good. When no, he I liked Curtis Samuel coming out of college. He's a very good player. But he's not going to be a consistent wide receiver, too. Well, yeah. No one said he's going to. Whatever. The point is that DJ Moore right now is being drafted as a wide receiver, too. And people are talking about Curtis Samuel, who I also think is being overdrafted. I'd rather have Curtis Samuel at his price than DJ Moore's price. Rather pass on both. Cam Newton is throwing the ball, people, and Cam Newton is not very good at throwing the ball. That's just facts. And he ended the season last season hurt. He couldn't throw a football, literally. Uh, signs are that he's healthy now and he's going to come back healthy. But if you look at his past um, since 2011, basically his whole career, he averages 3,558 yards a year and 22 touchdowns. That's like, what's that doing for anybody in today's NFL? That's not something that jumps off the page of something who can support multiple players. And you know, McCaffrey is going to see a hundred targets. You know, Samuel's going to see his looks. Facts. You know, other players around the offense are going to see his looks. Cam Newton's always been a person that spread the ball around. Devin Funches was the wide receiver one there for a while. What was I doing last year? Telling you not to play him. I said he was droppable. Guess what? I was ahead of the curve. He was on the waiver wire by the end of the year. The best case scenario here for DJ Moore, if you take what he did from game from week 5 to 16 last season, extrapolated over 16 games, that's 913 yards and one touchdown. All right, so let's say the touchdowns even out a little bit. Let's say the yards even bump up a bit. What are we going to do with 70 receptions, 1,000 yards, and three touchdowns? Five touchdowns even. That's just boring. That's someone who is too good to be on the waiver wire, but someone who you're not looking forward to starting every week. Someone who you'll get lucky if he puts up 15, more likely he's going to put up seven, and you don't want that in your lineup. He's being drafted at his ceiling. So what's going to happen? You're either going to draft him and be indifferent because he's going to return the cost, or he's going to disappoint. I want someone who has a chance to beat his ceiling. So I'm staying away from DJ Moore. I don't, I don't know if I agree with you on this one. I, I think that Cam Newton does have a history of spreading the ball around, and, and yes, Christian McCaffrey will get a lot of looks, but he's also never had this type of weaponry before, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how that changes him because, look, the, the 
the Panthers are switching over from, excuse me, a four-three to a three-four defense. So they've been they've been playing that defense for years and years and years. And Ron Rivera came in as a four-three guy, and now they're switching to a three-four, despite the fact that they have Luke Keekley. So it shows me that they're willing to make some drastic changes. And if you believe in your talent, there could be some drastic changes in the future. And I think that maybe, 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 and we have to we have to get closer. It is again. Uh, it, it's June 19th, so everything we're saying right now is subject to change. That doesn't mean we don't believe it. It just means, look, you cannot be good at fantasy if you are not willing to adjust, ch- adjust and change. I was going to say change with the news, change with the time, not willing to fall in love with players, or you're going to fall off that cliff. I've done it before. I've done it in the past. Like The, re- the, re- the way I know this is because I've learned from my mistakes. So, um, yeah, don't do that. That's what I have to say about that. But there was one guy that I do want to. Nah, that that's not going to work. Uh, one guy that I am buying at his ADP. In fact, I think it's way too low. Is Aaron Jones? Um, what would, hold on, time out. What was your segue going to be? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's why I stopped it. Because it <laughs> that's why I stopped it exactly because it, it would have been what you were thinking. Um, Aaron Jones is being drafted at RB seventeen right now, and when you have a guy with Aaron Jones upside. Um, at RB17, you're looking at a possible first-round pick next year in the making. Why do I believe this? Well, there's a few reasons. Number one, Aaron Jones is clearly the best running back on the team. I think that was clear. Anyone with eyes could see that last year when Aaron Jones was in. He was more productive. 5.5 yards per carry in his two years in the league. He even added 26 catches to that, so he's proven that he can pass catch the ball out of the backfield, right? And Matt LaFleur is coming over. And one thing about Matt LaFleur is I'm not saying that he uses workhorses because that would be a lie. But what he does is he does use one back primarily and uses another back to spell that back. So it's not really a split committee. It's more two-thirds to one-third. And But he has shown the propensity in some cases where – take a look last year. He rode Deion Lewis while Deion Lewis was hot, while Deion Lewis was the better player. But he showed absolutely no hesitation in taking him out and replacing him with Derrick Henry when Derrick Henry proved that he was the best player. So uh, what that says to me is all Aaron Jones has to do this year is prove that he is a better player than Jamal Williams in order to get the lion's share of the carries in Green Bay in a system where Matt LaFleur was brought in to balance out the offense more. So you know there's going to be more running. You know you know that Aaron Jones is the more talented back. I don't have to be a film study expert to tell you that. It's pretty damn obvious. And if those are the two situations, sign me up for that because that's a high-powered offense. Aaron Jones last year had eight rushing touchdowns, not even being considered in the offense. Not even the starting running back, still at eight touchdowns. He has an ability to go from the 17th running back selected to one of those candidates that I think is going to be a first-round pick next year at this time if everything goes his way. So I think Aaron Jones is a super good value at RB17. You know, I think it's a little bit of a opportunity problem with Aaron Jones because you, for some reason the Packers just keep limiting him. I hope you're right in that Matt LaFleur realizes that Aaron Jones is the answer because he's been one of the best running backs in the league when given the opportunity. But there's you've guys on, you've been on the bandwagon forever, Mike. I, I will say yeah. that you've been on the Aaron Jones guy since the beginning. 
I won that uh that bet last year of Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery, and Jamal Williams, who exactly. ends up the most points. But the the problem with Aaron Jones a little bit that I don't think his ADP is super low. It's just because there's guys around him like uh, George Kittle, Derrick Henry, Robert Woods, Stephon Diggs, who you might trust a little more. But Aaron Jones, I do think, has some of the best upside possible in like the middle third round area. If you're drafting a guy like Melvin Gordon where you know exactly what you're getting in the first round, then I would not have a problem with drafting Aaron Jones with my second round pick at all. Quick hypothetical question you said. for you guys. Go ahead. If I told you that both Aaron Jones and Carryon Johnson would be workhorse backs, where would you take them? Second round. I would take you have to take, consider first, to be honest, too. I, I think Carryon I think Carryon Johnson is oh, I love Carryon Johnson this year with the new uh offense and Detroit, and he was awesome last year. He's expected to get even more work this year. I carry on Johnson, someone who keeps itching closer and closer to my heart. And there is one fantasy analyst out there that keeps saying, "What about C.J. Anderson? What about C.J. Anderson?" I, I I don't want to talk poop or nothing, but I keep wanting to tell this guy, like, "Yo, what about C.J. Anderson? Like, who cares? He was good for three games last year. He's not going to take any any shine away from." Carry on Johnson, and I think that the carry on John. I don't not to get into a carry on Johnson argument here, but I, I do think carry on Johnson. Watch for Theo Riddick because Theo Riddick is not guaranteed to make this roster. And if if he does not make the roster, then that means not only do they want uh carry on Johnson in between the tackles, they want him catching the ball too. And that's when you're like, okay, now I'm, t- I'm spending a second, third round pick on this cat. Yeah, that would be huge for carry on Johnson. That's why if you're drafting early in best ball drafts and things of that sort, Carryon Johnson can be a nice little, uh, nice little third round pick right there. If especially if Riddick gets tossed, Jason, who's your next guy? So I was gonna go with a buy, but I'm gonna go with the sell because sell is more fun to talk about. Um, I'll just reference it. My buy would be someone I'm ranking a bit higher than the rest of the world right now, Robbie Anderson. Uh, very good at the end of last season. Sam Darnold's true throw value in the last four weeks, top five. Ryan Tannehill's true throw value on the season, top ten. Combine Gase and Darnold, take Robbie A as the number one. It's a match made in greatness. So I'm all aboard with Robbie Anderson this season. But I'm going to go with the fade because it's more fun. Tyler Boyd, deuces, my dog. And I know Michael Yo, disagrees. I do too. I, I don't get this at all from Tyler you. Tyler Boyd it. is someone I'm not drafting any time soon. Where's his ADP? Do you know someone? Because I'm pretty sure he's being drafted as a wide receiver three generally, but sometimes it creeps into the wide receiver two range. I'm checking right and now. And it just doesn't make sense to me. You have AJ Green coming back. People are just acting like it's not a big deal that AJ Green's coming back. He was when good with AJ Green too, though. Yeah, fine. Uh, but when you're dealing with a quarterback like Andy Dalton. Real quick, season, Jason. Tyler Boyd's being drafted right now as the wide receiver 25. All right, so exactly. Basically, wide receiver two. Right. So you take a quarterback like Andy Dalton, who his um, true throw value is somewhere in the middle. Last season, it was like 15th, so around like Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady. So you're going to need a little bit of targets from him to get some points. It's not the most valuable target in the world. It's also not the least. But you're going to want to see at least seven, eight a game. You have A.J. Green coming back in. Tyler Boyd's coming out of the slot mostly. You have to think also that maybe these quarterbacks like Jeff Driscoll were more prone to throwing to the slot last season because they're not really capable of throwing it outside as well as Dalton. And if you look at Dalton's career in the past, 
he's supported two top 24 wide receivers once. And that was in 2014. And that was when Muhammad Sanu, not even top 24, top 36. And that was when Muhammad Sanu finished as wide receiver 29. And that's because A.J. Green missed three games. So Tyler Boyd's draft capital right now is with the assumption drawn in that A.J. Green is going to miss time. And you can do that if you want. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to draft someone on the basis that someone else on the team is going to get injured because I don't see the upside there. Last season, he ended with 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. 76 receptions in 14 games. Fine. That's a good season. Let's say he repeats those numbers. Those aren't numbers you're going to drool over. Not If I told you he was going to get those numbers, would you draft him 25th wide receiver? 1,007? Yes. yes. What what type of numbers do you think wide receivers put up, dude? 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. All right, all right fine. Yeah, probably have a point. If he repeats those numbers, that's probably why he's being drafted so high, though, because people see those numbers and think that it's a new floor. But that's not the case because he was basically the number one last season. He was super productive with A.J. Green in the lineup, too. He's their slot receiver. He's going to get a bunch of targets. I think that right now he's being drafted at his ceiling. And like I said with D.J. Moore, you're either going to be indifferent or disappointed. You're not going to be happy. There's no scenario where you draft Tyler Boyd and you're happy and he exceeds your expectations. Mm, I don't know. I like Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I, I don't know I, about I like, either. I, like his, I, I think that with a new offense in place – and him in the slot, he proved last year that he could make things happen. And yeah, Andy Dalton in 2014 supported two wide receiver twos. All I hear is he could do it because he was doing it when he had both of them last year. You want to make a crazy bet? What? I need some type of odds here, though, because no, besides obviously no, better. no. What do you mean? All right, fine. How about Robbie A and Tyler Boyd? Robbie A is gonna outscore Tyler Boyd. No, nah, I like Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I'm right. not, I don't want to take that bet either. I have another guy who's out there, but it's too bold for me to say. Just say it. Kiki Cutie outscores Tyler Boyd. I'll take that right now. Of course you're going to take the bet. That's why I said I need odds. (laughs) No. I know the odds aren't in my favor with this bet. Too bad, man. Uh, How about this, Jason? Barring injury because Kiki Cutie's been hurting his career. How about this? Completely off the reservation, I'll bet you that Anthony Miller has a better year than Kiki Cutie. That's a good one. I'm talking about Tyler Boyd, bro. <laughs> I'll take this bet, but barring injury, QT needs to play at least twelve games. Okay, okay, with a little little asterisk, I'm I'm okay with that. I'll take but then, it. So, but each player has to play at least twelve games. Yeah, and we're talking. I'd I'd like to do full PPR scoring here. No, <laughs> get out of here. I got a weasel a little bit out of this. No, you got a weasel. <laughs> I mean a weasel. Um, will you take me up on my Anthony Miller trade though? On my Anthony Miller bet. Uh, with the same health provision. All right, fine. Let's do it. That's two bets. Mark them down, Michael. Uh, I, okay. I'm going to stick with the Bears theme. I'm my buy guy, and but I'm going to say this is probably um the cap, the limit where I'll buy him at. David Montgomery right now is going as the running back 26, which is top tier wide receiver three. Um, all the reports. Running back, I'm sorry. All the reports out of Chicago is that David Montgomery is better than people expected. He's a better pass catcher. He's a better runner. He has a better work ethic. And this is a guy that's already coming in as one of the most highly touted prospects in the draft. Not only that, he's coming into an excellent situation, right? Yes, Mike Davis is there. Yes, Tariq Cohen is there. But they're looking for an all-around back. I think um, if they wanted a guy to just pound the rock in between the tackles, then Jordan Howard would have been a perfect guy to keep. They don't want that. 
Mike Davis was probably signed, in my opinion, and we'll see more of this play out in in preseason. So as of right now, it's only my opinion. But I think Mike Davis was signed as more of a a backup option if they couldn't get the guy they wanted in the draft, like David Montgomery, who I'm sure they were uh, targeting. You remember, this is a team that their first pick in the entire draft was in the third round because of the Khalil Mack trade, right? So they, this is the first player they picked. So they have a high draft capital even beyond the third round, which is already a high draft capital for a running back. Everything out of that camp says David Montgomery has been impressing. And look, Tariq Cohen, although he is going to be a pass-catching threat, it's clear that Nagy doesn't believe that he can carry a load. Again, I told you what I think Mike Davis is. So I think David Montgomery has a really good chance to be the workhorse type back uh let's say the primary breadwinner of this backfield uh and i think he could do that on a consistent basis like i would not be surprised if he got 12 to 15 touches a game in different situations and in these days and age with running backs that is a running back too right also if you're looking at his upside let's look at the people around him getting drafted so let's go up on the list first darius geis is being drafted right under him i'd rather have david montgomery over darius geis any day in the world all right I can get into Darius guys for for plenty of reasons, but that backfield is the most crowded backfield that you can possibly have. On top of David Montgomery is his teammate Tariq Cohen. If you're not in a PPR league, I'm not even coming close to doing that. Kenyon Drake, who's been inconsistent. Chris Carson was a first round rookie behind him. Mark Ingram, who's on a new team. Philip Lindsay, who is an undrafted free agent, has a first round rookie behind him. Sony Michelle, who plays for New England Patriots. Then you got Carryon Johnson, who I'm, I'm taking him over David Montgomery, and then you got Josh Jacobs, who who knows, you know, another rookie, then you got, and then you're getting into guys who I definitely take over him. But when you're talking about value, I could see taking him over the next 10 people ranked ahead of him that are going as high as running back 18. So if you can get a running back 17, 18 value at the pick 26, 27, which is where he's going right now, I think that's a major win. That's exactly what I'm looking for when I'm going for stock up. So I think David Montgomery, although if he goes a little higher and a lot of uh, it is trending towards he's becoming one of those sleepers who wakes up. Like I hate, I hate wake up guys. Like they start as sleepers early in the season. And then everyone kind of wakes up for them this year. We have an example of already that with Damian Williams, when he was being drafted in the fifth, sixth, seventh round and people were talking about how they were worried about um what's his name a uh, week one wonder behind him they they were talking about that and then jason was like well okay well i'll take him well now he's not a sleeper now you got to take him in the second round so he's now it's it's debatable whether you want him or not damien williams damien williams yeah so before when he wasn't being taken in, in that situation it's a different story so uh, I, I really like I really like David Montgomery here. I think that this is the perfect spot for him. Uh, he's on he's definitely on my buy, but beware because if he goes any higher, then I'm getting a little weary. But I really like David Montgomery right here. I'm I'm buying him. You said uh, pick twenty six. I just want to you no, mean no, no, running no. back twenty six RB twenty six the the twenty yeah. sixth running back. He's going late fourth, early fifth round in most drafts. I I'd rather take the shot on Kenyon Drake, but I'm a Kenyon Drake guy. So yeah, you are. I like Montgomery. Jason, Drake, excellent, value. Jason, excellent analysis. <laughs> Jason just turned on his camera for the first time, and I got to see your face. Yo, you forgot to shave, bro. What's, what's going on? You got uh, you got stubbles everywhere. Was it? Was it? What is this? Are you trying to grow a beard or what? What do I gotta shave every fucking day? Uh, oh, you gotta you gotta try to grow a beard. Oh, look at this guy. He's a oh, look, I'm a I'm a lawyer now. <laughs> right. Anywho, um, last guys, right? 
Yeah. Why so do we all go on the same He does not have hair on the top of his head. Oh, damn. That was a That's cheap true. shot. He doesn't. That was a straight up cheap <laughs> shot. Why you got to do that to me? I'm also wearing no shirt right now. So if you guys are wondering what my nipples look like, the twins are looking at my nipples right now. I don't know Sexy why. You'd, alert. I don't know why you'd be wondering what my nipples look like. Can you stop? Like, but, you know, I'm just going to do this so Jason can be can be annoyed the entire time. Just so you guys know, I'm circling my nipples with my All right, right I'm out. Later. <laughs> you get weirder and weirder every day, bro. Uh, Michael, uh, Jason, Michael, which one do you guys want to go? I'll go. Whoever talks first. Keep the, keep the pattern keep the going. All right, yeah. go ahead, Mike. Last but not least, I decided to go with another sell. So two sells, one buy. I'm a little bit of a Debbie Downer today, but what are you going to do? My final sell, ADP of 52, which is running back 27, is uh, Terry Cohen. I love Terry Cohen as a player. I really do. I'd we're we're hitting much, the entire Bears backfield right now. Yeah, I'd very much enjoy having Terry Cohen on my roster if I was the Jets. But when it comes to fantasy, we have an early fourth, excuse me, a late fourth, early fifth round pick for a gadget player. Last season, he had 10.2 yards per reception, which was second overall among running backs last season, only behind Austin Eckler. He had the sixth most targets and the sixth most receptions of all running backs behind all bell cows, uh, McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, and Kamara, and uh, basically wide receiver James White. His rush attempts from his rookie season only went up from 87 to 99 into his sophomore season. And, oh, yeah, someone you just talked about for ages and ages that you love. They drafted David Montgomery in the third round, who surpassed over 100 broken tackles each of his uh, final two collegiate seasons. They signed Mike Davis with a little bit of a lucrative deal for three years, I believe it was, earlier in the offseason. So, look, I'm not saying that they're going to stop using Terry Cohen. David Montgomery is not much of a uh, – David Montgomery is not much of a pass catcher. But Terry Cohen is going to be in a third downs, but he needs to be ridiculously efficient this season again to produce like he did last season. He uh, he had eight touchdowns last season as well. In 2017, on 40 less touches overall, he only had three touchdowns, so the touchdowns are very uh, up in the air as well just because of the nature of the way they use him. Look, he's a great player, but he's not even he's not even a threat to reach 120 carries really. And then you got to hope he's just as efficient as he was last season when it comes to pass catching. So I think he's he's just nowhere near worth his current ADP with the risk that comes with him. All right. With that being said, those are our lists. Uh, one thing that we always stress is consistency. Michael, why don't you tell people about the Bob Lung consistency guys that it's guide that you teased before and the deal that they can get on that? Yeah, uh, I spoke about it a little bit earlier. The Consistency Guide is a book where you could get, you just go to brotoff.com, just click the banner up top, you get 25% off. And it's just basically a huge book about players last season and their consistency. They even have a rookie section in there. And you could see players who like Robert Woods, who is ridiculously consistent and a very good value pick last season, should be again this season. And then guys like Terry Cohen, who is not consistent at all. And not much has changed. If anything, his situation is worse. Who maybe you shouldn't reach for this season. And yeah, go buy it and with the code Brodo for twenty five percent off. It's only like ten bucks. Facts, 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 
Facts, facts. All right. With that being said, that is our buy or sell stock options. Let me ask you guys a question. Who else you know is going this hard for fantasy on July 19th? Nobody except the Brodo boys. And that's why we are June 19th. Even even better. That's why we are preparing you for your upcoming drafts in two months. Because if you are listening right now, then you have an edge on the competition. Um, with that being said, if you want more of an edge, come check us out on Twitter at Brodo Fantasy. Jason, where can they find you? At Jason Petrop. And Michael. At Mike underscore Petrop. We want to remind you that during the fantasy season, we live tweet every single touchdown that is scored on Sundays, and we give you start-sit advice every single Sunday after we play in our football game that we play in every Sunday, starting at around 1130, going up until game time. So check us out on Twitter. That is where we do our shining. Uh, we also do our shining on this podcast. Check us out everywhere podcasts are played, including Spotify and iTunes. My name is Tim Petrop. You can find me at Tim Petrop on all social media outlets, but only frisky. if you're feeling real, real frisky. Uh, with that being said, for Michael and Jason, my name is Tim and we are. Later.